Welcome to the Meeple Syrup After Show, Designers Discussing Design. We're episode 70, and it's still diplomatic immunity during this after show. Uh, thanks. Uh, we have uh, both uh, Jim and uh, Travis here with us during the after show. We didn't scare them away, or they didn't scare us away. That could have <laughs> happened. Um, but And we still kept Sen and myself, and Dylan, all the way from Paris, is here with us. We're really excited he's here. And so, as you might know, or if you don't know, we film the after show is kind of an opportunity for even the, the host to get in on the conversation and also the conversation's a little no holds barred. So we don't really follow a formula. We kind of talk about everything. I've already promised Jim that we would talk about Star Wars and how he thinks it sucks. So we might as well go there. I know Travis hates Star Wars just because of his childhood. Um, maybe we'll get into that as well. Did I throw enough hooks? I don't know, man. <laughs> the water? I don't know. My dislike for Star Wars is pretty well known. I, I did go to this... I was So, I'm one of these people that... Like, I own the original trilogy, yep. and even though I don't like it, and I'll still watch it, like, about... It's usually about a four-year cycle. Also, yeah, you a know, masochist or something. Maybe I'm wrong. And... And I watch it, and like, like my wife and I just tried to watch it recently, and she just looked at me. We were like an hour in, and she's like, "Episode four, she's like, God, this is so boring." And I'm like, "I'm like the the main character is a they hired a gymnast to be the main character. I just don't get it at so, all." So this would probably sound like torture, but I I went to the theater at 4:30 a.m and watch all the movies in a row before Thank getting you. to watch the new release on opening day. I like you, but you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't have to like him. He's still an idiot. <laughs> but what do you think, Jim? Why, why does Star Wars suck? Uh, it was so mediocre. We were just talking about this before we came over to this link. It was so mediocre. So many poor choices, safe choices, just to make sure that everybody was appeased, but nobody was happy. And it, you can't you can't make a marketing promise of we're going to put these three tired old sags of flesh on the screen and then wedge them into a script without having any justification for why they would still be in the story thirty years later. The, you know there's a problem when the when the scroll is coming up at the very beginning and the first words are Luke Skywalker is missing. Holy crap! That's not how you open any of these movies. It's all about, it's a Star Wars. It's not Luke Skywalker Wars. It's Star Wars. Talk about the world. What's happened in 30 years? We're going to stopen with, he's gone. Oh, no. He left home and he didn't write a message to mom. No, Let's go well, find him. It's been 30 years since he wrote me a letter. Oh, no. It's, hey, gone. Everyone in the galaxy is looking for him. Let's send Chewbacca and a girl, a teenage girl we met 30 minutes ago to go find him. <laughs> The entire galaxy is looking for him—a stranger and essentially a werewolf. Well, he's in this convenient wedge of map that we didn't have before. I don't know how we didn't—we uh, didn't study this part of space, but he's in that piece of map that the the R two unit has. It's, 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 I almost feel like this is a metaphor for what we were talking about before. <laughs> I don't know. Like you're right. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but the only thing I didn't really appreciate about the movie was that it was really, I, you could have watched episode three or, no, sorry, four or six, and it's the same movie. 
Yeah, I, watched, I did watch those. It's it's not even the same movie because it's a worse movie. I didn't think it was possible to be worse than six. Oh, but it was worse. It was worse than four, I six. Like Nothing's six, worse but... than Jar Jar. Okay. I rewatched the prequels I... and I actually like the prequels more than the original. Oh. <laughs> get, get off my, no, get off my feet. <laughs> I would rather see Jar Jar than than lava surfing. I'm sorry, but lava <laughs> surfing is where you lose me. Yeah, okay, I get you. I get you so what, at what point is this just us being esthetes and like <laughs> not liking bad art? Like is it is the is the whole dumbing down of movies? It was popular. Exactly. Like it made a lot can of you argue against that. popularity? Can you argue against the highest grossing film of all time or whatever? Like can can Depends we say you, that I mean like a month like a few months before that, Jurassic World was the highest grossing. I mean, it's like, you know, <laughs> Zoe, Zoe, Zoe Deschanel is going to, you know, Zoe Deschanel is going to piss in a hat in a month, and that'll be the highest grossing film of all time. It doesn't mean anything. It's, it's, it's a well, contest. It's I a mean, penis measuring contest. With what movies. would the game equivalent of that be? Well, that's what I mean. It's entertainment, though. It's not Dominion. art. It's... it's <laughs> It made a bunch of people happy, though. Yeah. Speaking of making a bunch of people happy in games, uh, what is your thought? I don't know if you guys have played Pandemic Legacy, but what's your thought of Pandemic Legacy being number one on the BGG list? It's just groupthink. You played it? I'm playing it right now. I think it's cool. I mean, like, <laughs> I feel like I feel like here's where here's where Pandemic Legacy started. There, there, there's. I have two theories. Either. <laughs> I feel like Rob just at some point was like, you know what? I kind of like stickers. Like, like, <laughs> like that's just where like it started. Or either, or either this. It's like Matt Lee Conklin, like, holy shit, man! I don't think people are gonna play Pandemic anymore. How can I force a person to play Pandemic a bunch of times in a row without holding a shotgun to the chest? Like, and then Rob was like, stickers, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have not heard that argument. That's awesome. And Jim, what are your thoughts on Pandemic Legacy? I think uh, on it being the number one game. Yeah, that's just confirmation bias, right? That's just I spent a lot of money on this. I played it a bunch of times. I want everybody else to to have to suffer along with me. Um, <laughs> so, so was Twilight. Twilight Struggle confirmation bias is Agricola confirmation bias. I think another number ones. I think Agricola is. I don't think Twilight Struggle is. I think Twilight Struggle made some amazing design choices, right? And it's a brutal game that you regret every decision you make five turns later. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the mark of a good design, right? That you're thinking about it and you're talking about it for a long time. I think a lot of people spend a lot of money on Legacy. They're upset that they're having to ruin their copy, which is just a marketing ploy to make sure that you can't give your copy to somebody else so they can play it when you're done. Um, and I think people are going to give it 10 points because they're out 50, 80, 100 bucks, whatever it costs, and they're not going to be able to do it again. It's interesting because I actually think there's some psychological elements to the destructibility of the game. Um, but we don't have to talk about that today. Sure, uh, and there, there, there could be a pastiche to that. That's fine. I'm not going to argue that. But it is a marketing ploy, so you can't hand it off. That is its number one drive, destroying that game. But Otherwise, it, it, you would, they wouldn't sell two copies. Is, is, isn't it like, it's like it, it, to me, it's like if someone said, hey, 
I went to this restaurant the other day, and they had a sandwich that you can't eat. Like, <laughs> like it, it was amazing. Like, but isn't some, that every sandwich that you've ate? No, I can't eat like, the sandwich you just ate. Imagine a board game that you destroy over time, rather than thing <laughs> you enjoy forever. Well, that's the huge argument for board games is always being like, wow, you spend as much as you would for a family movie night, and you get to play it forever, and now we're making board games consumable? Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's an interesting The blue one costs more than the red one. I just, uh, I just well, want to... on Amazon. I want to I see, like, just a, like a, a B-52 bomber fly over, like, Namibia and just drop all the minis from Risk Legacy just into the desert because they don't know what the hell to do with them. <laughs> That's a nice crossover. <laughs> do I get to keep my points from Legacy, Pandemic Legacy, over to Risk Legacy? That'd yeah. That's the ecosystem. That's the ecosystem, yeah. <laughs> Another Rob Davio thing. So. Isn't, isn't that just, like, the most gross form of consumerism just to make something that is, it's like, what are the two most offensive things we can make it of? Well, babies are out of the question, so we can't make Let's make it about Ebola. Yeah. But like, let's, we'll cut down trees and make a, and plast, oh, a board game. Let's make a, a highly, you know, not ecologically friendly board game. I hope it has toxic ink in it. I really do. I think that would be the what, what if, that would be the piece de resistance. What if you what if in Legacy you just opened like one of those little boxes and like suffering of Chinese people came out of it? Like, oh god. <laughs> I, don't think that's, I don't know if you can bottle my suffering, so I'll try. I'll try. Coca Cola can. They can do anything. They'll have they'll just have a few of your tears captured then. Tim, do you want to? Do you want to? This guy, Sir Bob. Sir Bob. This is a, Sir Bob. Is a, Sir Bob is Travis's best friend. He's, I mean, you know, not not really. Um, <laughs> if he's saying, "What well, isn't not aren't uh, RPG characters consumable?" And then the question mark is outside the quotes instead of inside it. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand what I'm being asked. Which, according to the Chicago Manual of Style, is actually allowable depending on the circumstances. Yes, we yes. had an argument at that about that at work once. It's like the four dot ellipses at the end of Star Wars, right? Like <laughs> you had a lot of time on your hands to count periods. George, no, that that is a very common irritating thing. That's like a thing that like a you know like a fifteen year old girl to let you know she's mad or something. We go one, two, three, four. One <laughs> How many fifteen year old girls are mad at you, Travis? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> he can't talk about it right now. There's a case pending. Yeah. Do you have Do you have like a little uh, little ankle bracelet that we don't know about, buddy? No, um, you did say he was from Florida. It's it's like uh no it's like a like lazy internet net talk you know, net slang crap like where uh, the people you know or it's like when a person does I'm too old for that shit question mark question mark don't do do question mark question mark question mark four question mark two question mark one or three, three one, not two, three, not, two. Do not send two <laughs> do not send two. <laughs> Five is right out and goes exactly. out to four. 
That's that. <laughs> what, oh, you, you should get on. We should that get my. That's all through the holy hand. Oh, is Nick more able about punctuation than you are? Uh, you want to get Nick on here and get him talking about singular there? He'll oh. blow your friggin' mind. I was just gonna say. I feel like if we got Jim talking also about like, uh, fonts and card setups. Okay, you, I if actually, you want to upset me, sorry. use singular there in comic in Comic Sans. That yeah, actually, I actually have to say about singular there. As of like last year, it was officially just accepted as a singular pronoun in some yeah. style guides. And also, and also, you have to remember that whenever we say you, we're actually using the plural. <laughs> because oh, the actual singular, the actual singular second person is thee and thou in English. And we just yeah. chose to drop that and use oh, you, and you are we even dropped ye. So, if you want to talk about singulars and plurals, I'm afraid we've already done this before. <laughs> yeah, but like a million years ago. 600 years, I think it was. Yeah, Man, the yeah, just, just draw little pictures like we do. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> you people with your weird like orthography and... Graphemes and crap, just and conjugation oh. for Christ's sake! What the hell is that? Yeah, well, now Jim. you're in France, like the country of conjugation, right? Jim, country, but still. There's a there's about 45 minutes north of me. There's a town called Gas City, Indiana, and on their big water tower by the interstate, it's their name is in Comic Sans. And I remember when, when my when my wife and I were driving here to look for houses the first time. I said, oh my god, is that Comic Sans? And then my wife just looks at me and she goes, maybe they're not very proud of their town. <laughs> oh. oh, that's good. Should we talk about Oxford commas while we're at it or no? no? I am an Oxford comma guy. I am 100% Oxford comma. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Daryl, Daryl, don't get left out, man. Oh, Daryl doesn't know what that is. Oh, Daryl doesn't <laughs> know from the Oxford commas. Daryl, you're, you're off the island. You don't get an immunity today. I don't know grammar. Then you've never had Daryl submit a prototype to you. We're uh, <laughs> looking at a conversation over Skype. <laughs> oh. That's the true story. That's the true story. Uh, yeah, true story. True story. I, I, I swear I'm not. I'm not making this up. We had somebody submit a game to us at Asshat. We bought it. We accepted it. We developed it, and they hadn't sent us all the rules. And it went to print, and it went, got shipped, and people were playing it, and they didn't have all the rules. And we didn't even know because he had never given us all the rules. So how would we have known there was something missing? Oh my! That's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So I had to spend a month fixing the the rules and writing up a new PDF and getting it to people and double checking and everything. Yeah, it was awful. yeah. I mean, and that that. That reminds me of, um, oh, which one, Daryl? WizKids? Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me of WizKids. <laughs> that's, a, that's an Eric Lang story. Yeah. No, no, that was a, that was a Jeff Stahl story, isn't it? No, Eric Lang too, but... Eric Lang, Eric Lang knows a person who submitted a game to WizKids. It was a pitch for concept on spec work. Without being notified, he then, a few months later, found the game on the shelf. <laughs> Had not been paid. It was a pitch for spec. The game was made and published, and the rules were the... was this... was the pitch. <laughs> with error, grammatical errors, with, like, everything. 
So then the the designer obviously contacted them saying like, "What's up with this?" And they're like, "Oh, sorry, yeah, we'll send you the check." <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that's like the that's like the board game equivalent to waking up in a bathtub with a kidney missing. Yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> oh. It's never happened to me. No, and then you see it for sale in the lobby of the hotel. <laughs> right. Yeah, oh, so, hey. So, back to marketing. Um, as people who self-publish, how much would you spend on marketing? How much would you spend on marketing? If somebody said, I can uh, bring your, I can make your sales increase by an order of magnitude. So we're talking yeah, like, like if they times. could measure their, the cost of acquisition of a customer. Then I would pay them by that magnitude. That was, that's easy. But right. How much? How much? It, well, was, it had to be a percentage of goods sold. So, I mean, good marketing is worth what? 10, 15%, 12%? 12% is what I paid for it last time. So. Yeah. Okay. And so would you pay 12% of products sold? Would they be working on commission? It would be 12% of profit. You can't yeah. do it on 12% of products sold. You'll go out of business. Right, yeah. yeah. Margins Sorry, are so I, small in the gaming industry. Mm -hmm. Travis, what about you? Uh, we, up until recently, we were on like a very shoestring budget. So like right now, I'm actually looking at my banner ad takeover on BGG that is a lot of money. <laughs> and I know that we have another one. Uh, uh, and normally, like, it's interesting. Like, we did not do any ads on Kodama, and Kodama made, you know, 99000 bucks. It was like 99000 bucks, and it was a $20 game. <laughs> Excuse me. And can you, ballpark, uh, can you give people, just for people that don't know, a ballpark on things like banner ads and such? It, it just depends. I mean, like, if you're on a really small budget, I would say go to KickTrack. The problem is, like, all these, these like, search engine, like, how they refer information back to you, all these analytics, they're all bullshit. Like, yeah. they, they're, you know, oh, look, wow, I didn't realize I, we were getting all of our traffic from Waffle House. Like, you know, it's it's ridiculous. It's, they, it's contrived information. So, I mean, I would say on BGG, we usually about break even, but it does help create exposure, and then there's things like, you know, getting, I think getting on, like, the image hotness or the hotness for BGG is more valuable than a banner ad on um, And even then, you're, you're talking about, like, a, you know, I think, like, some of the bigger distributors say that they think BGG is, like, 12% of the gaming populace are BGG users. And that, Lance is like, you're crazy! Like, everyone and their brother is on BGG. It's like, I cannot count the times that I talk to someone at big conventions, like, you know, Gen Con or Origins. I'm like, oh, do you know, do you watch Dice Tower? I don't know what that is. Do you, do you, are you a BGG user? I don't know what that is. Like, I mean, that comes up Dude, more... I just like games. I just like games. Stop talking to me in acronyms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I'm going to take this chance to say that I'm out of here. I've got to get ready for work, but it's been great being back on and talking to you all. Awesome. awesome. We'll see you later, Dylan. Thanks. Nice Thanks. to see you and the beard. Hopefully see you sooner than last time. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. That was awfully diplomatic. He is very diplomatic. <laughs> he's also Canadian, so he's like uber diplomatic. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> diplomatic immunity, so, right? Yeah, well, now you don't have it because he's gone, so <laughs> watch, watch what you say. Um, the diplomatic immunity was only in France. Otherwise. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> so Asmodee uh, EU could not come after you. Yes. 
even but though they North own North American subsidiary can else. totally come after you. Yeah, they'll just come to you, come at, at you from Asmodee North America. Hey, hey, if Asmodee offered to buy Action Phase, would you sell? I know the answer to this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For the right, for a for, for the a, price, for the right price. Money. Yep. So sure. it's. I would I would sell it, and I would want a full time position working within them. Mm-hmm. That sounded dirty. <laughs> it always sounds dirty. It would be. Yeah, with Travis in the mix, that would be totally dirty, dirty. Um, I think that, that day will come eventually, but I mean, it's we already had uh, a, a bigger company interested in purchasing us, and it kind of didn't really go anywhere. But uh, it was like a, it was like the, uh, it was like the corporate equivalent of the thing I was complaining about earlier. People asking for advice, and they don't even really know what they want or what they're doing, or. Yeah. It was just kind of like we yeah. flew down and sat in a conference room for two days and It's sort of interesting. There's on. a lot of there's a lot of strange companies seeing that, you know, board games board games are a thing and a business and they're acquiring the weirdest little game companies and I don't know what they're gonna do with them. But there's some a lot of them are just they're just little autonomous studios that they need I mean we were talking I, about this recently, is developers. I mean Mm-hmm. This goes hand in hand with the other topic we were talking about. Oh yeah, that you topic. Know, everybody wants to be well. The topic about the the uh, half baked games, half baked games thing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Great we're name for a company, by the way. What's that? <laughs> great name for a company, by the way. Half-baked that would be a great name for a company. <laughs> we're going to actually we're we're talking about putting the developer on the front of the box, a credit on the front of the box now. Well, and like I, I was just going to say, you guys do good development too, like. There's a difference between like both you and Nick are talented at developing and you do it. Like you don't want just the game as is, versus there are a lot of companies and a growing number of companies that basically are saying, Hand me the finished product, this is what I will make. And but the funny thing is that Travis originally was saying that that's what he wants. In some I way. know, that's the that's the catch twenty two, is you're offering a unique service that makes, in my opinion, action phase attractive, and yet you're kind of selling... It's not just your pretty face, buddy. I don't know. You know, actually, Sin, now that you bring that up, I don't know that that's necessarily what we want. I guess my complaint is we we, under, we are completely fine with helping a game get to where it needs to be, right? Yeah, and you're damn like, good at it, so keep you, doing that. You know, I, like, our philosophy is the first 80% takes about 20% of the time, and the last 20% takes 80% mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. time. Um, that's I don't know if yeah. Jim agrees with that or yeah the 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 axiom is the last ten percent is ninety percent of the work it's the same just different yeah. numbers well in Indiana there's there's no such thing as 10%. <laughs> uh, we're a red state yeah. uh, <laughs> totally red go so, Trump what oh God no. don't know <laughs> so yeah I don't know I don't know the I don't know that that's true Sin I don't think that I don't I don't know I mean it would for example, do you, do you guys know Chris Bryan from Board with Life? Yep. yep. He just signed his game, and he came to us specifically. Like he said, like, "Hey, I have this game, but I really kind of, I think it's it's a good game, but I want you to do what you how you took Kigi and made Kigi Kodama. I want you to do that with my game." Yep. And what was interesting was he kind of knew we were the guys for the job, right? Like he he was yeah, already aware. Yeah, because he, he watches the show. Well, well, he he was he was aware of 
the, the things that his game would have to have in order to be... Like, you know, for example, Chris's game is very good, and if we were Z-Man, we could just put it out. And it yep. could, we say, oh, this Carcassonne type, you know, whatever. But because we're a Kickstarter game, we have to have things like stretch goals in mind. We, so, you know, and we have to sort of build the product up, right? It's It's... Also, like the cost of manufacturing this game and stuff like that, we need to actually build it up so that it, it constitutes constitutes like a thirty dollar price tag because it won't fit in the twenty. Putting it in the twenty dollar box is just throwing money away. So, um, and his game is really good. Like I would say, of any person that has given us a game, his game was the most complete. Him and Daniel Solis, the second game Trickster that we have, is are the most games we've ever been given. Trickster is almost staying the same except we are slightly tweaking the theme and we're making it uh, a multi-round scoring game instead of just being a single hand. So, I don't know. I mean, it's... I, I don't... I don't. I like being part of that process and I definitely think Nick and I bring something to it. Nick is like a mathematic genius and he's just very... Nick has... Nick is everything that I'm not and vice versa. Like, he he completes you? Game, is that what you're trying to say? That Nick completes, completes you? He is the Rene Zellweger to my Chewbacca. Dear uh, Jerry. No, uh, for anyone who likes to binge watch or just search, you can find a previous episode where we had Nick on with Gavin Brown. And they and they actually talked about this specific topic of development and logistics and those two worlds. Yeah. There's something and, so much fun about developing a product with somebody that is passionate and not stubborn asshole. Um, and I miss doing that but I don't miss working for people that don't know what they want. And I, I think that's, uh, that is the, the crux of the problem of design in a lot of ways. Is And, and Travis knows this because Travis and I talked about this you know, off-air and way before. Um, when Jay and I do, do game designs, uh, you know, we, we design a lot of games, and we design a lot of games up to a very... <clears throat> what we consider very finished in our realm of finishing. Uh, so they've gone through blind tests, they've gone through multiple play tests, like on two coasts of a country with two separate design teams multiple, multiple times. And the, the thing about it is, though, from our perspective, is <clears throat> if we finish that game, we'll never, we won't, if we finish, you know, finish to that 100%, we would never design another game. Uh, and that's not what we want to do. Well, and you're, because... you're spoiled right off the bat. I mean, look at Belfort, and you have oh, yeah. I mean... someone like Seth Jaffe as your developer for a game where you saw right away the benefits of a incredible developer yeah. who freed you up to then work on the next game. You yeah, know, and the, like, the other thing, well, yes and no. I mean, it takes a lot. I mean, to and then they people, keep but... grouping you back in. I mean, Seth's a very interactive. Yeah. Developer, so he he Some does include you throughout the entire process, and so you oh, would test, entirely test each iteration. Mm -hmm. But he didn't have to do that. I mean, that's just the way he works, and he he sees a value in including designers throughout the process. Yeah, and so um, yeah, so we've seen the the power of good development. But the other thing that happens is that if you design the game to finish, there's there's that tipping point where if we invest more time in it, then if the publisher wants to undo that, we've lost all that time that we could spend designing another game. Um, and, I mean, obviously we come with more than yeah, see, just a concept. What you're, what you're, 
what you're saying, Sin, is the but how that translates to an untalented, lazy person. Right, which is different than obviously people who would take your advice and then go make the game the way you wanted it. What, what you what what that translates to is like, oh, so I can do less work and get more out of it. So no, this, <laughs> oh, you're just gonna have to do the work later. This <laughs> yes, that's the thing. Strangely, this industry is is becoming a vanity platform for some people. Um, yeah, and I I agree that that and that's where the problem is. It's and that's what separates the wheat from the chaff. But is, is that really a new problem? Like, isn't that just the Nitzia? In a way, uh, in a way, yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, I've heard stories where he has pitched to publishers. Here's an equation: make a game out of it. That's not even a story. That's the truth. That's the truth. Like we know. So it's like, isn't that even worse of an example? <laughs> I, I don't know. But anyways, my, my point I, is that if, if the designer is willing to then take feedback and then go and develop the game mm-hmm. the way that you want it and then hand it off and then have further development by the company if the company wants to make changes yeah. that's that's what people don't hear and I yeah, think that's, that's all productive that's what, I think that's what you're saying is that um, people probably only hear the first 80% or whatever 70 or 50% in some cases right yeah, uh, or even less and they think that's good enough. And uh, Travis is here to tell you that it's not. And I'm also here to tell you that it's not good enough just to do that. Yeah. That you have, you can't just hand off a product and say, now you develop it. Um, I think it's a very, should be anyways, a very team effort between the designers and the publisher and whoever the developer is or handler is in between that. Uh, there's got to be a mutual level of respect and an open line of communication uh, otherwise, somebody's going to end up unhappy. And the the thing about what Travis is saying is, is definitely true. Don't show a company a half-assed product and expect it to go anywhere. They may give you feedback. They may play it and tell you that it's not you know it's not ready or that it's you need to do more work on it. And then just go do that. It happens all the time, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Um, but I think what you're saying, Travis, is that some people are going, no, no, that's that's the game. That's it. I mean, it, it's just it's a it's a question of quality control, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, like in like from a very early, you know, these people. So what we're what we want to do, and this this might sound arrogant, but like something that Nick and I want to do is we want to foster good habits with the people we work with, so that if we work with them again, it makes the process easier. And if they work with other people, maybe it'll make it easier for them, and then maybe they can help, and and that all kind of, uh, you know, rub off on on people rather than the opposite, this, like, lazy, entitled nonsense that I, I keep running into left and right. I mean, like, I just, like, I, I got a message not that long ago from a guy that was just like, hey, I think I'm just going to start a game company. And I'm like, oh. Okay, go ahead. How did you do it? And I said, okay, well, I worked a job that I hated for two years, and I saved $20,000. I, I married, uh, luckily I married a woman with a very good job that was uh, willing to support me because the job made me want to kill myself, and she wanted me to pursue something that uh, I actually enjoyed. Uh, I did not collect a wage for two years. 
Um, <laughs> in that time, I got married and had a child. Not very smart things to do when you're not collect, collecting a wage. Um, I did an inordinate amount of research. I drove all over the country going to cons and showing people a game that no one really wanted to see or care about when I had zero contacts in that industry, and I cultivated those. And it's like, well, that sounds like a lot of work. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> but it's got game in the name. It's <laughs> Right? And I mean... I think Kickstarter gives people a false sense as well. I, people treat it like a credit card, right? I mean, oh, I'll, I'll just go get somebody to give me money. I don't even need a full-fledged idea. And that's what Nistel did, right, before his company went under? Yeah. And, and that's that's kind of the... I mean, so it's, it kind of gets killed on two ends, right? It gets killed by the, you know, those vanity type of, I'm going to do this because I could possibly do it, and they never... It never comes to fruition, and I, you know, I'm more like Jim in the sense that I see it and I saw it, and I still hope it should be like a more a patron of the art kind of setup as opposed to a ma a, a marketing tool for right. anybody with you know a, a product to sell. Um, you know, and I, and I come from it from both ends. You know, with products coming from Queen, which is a relatively big company, getting published. Kickstarted, which was very strange, and then very small companies doing stuff with our products. So, I, I, it, it makes me feel kind of dirty when some of the bigger companies do that. But I, I guess one of the things that people don't understand yet again about the industry is that cash flow is a problem for everybody. I think I've said this a million times on this show, is that no matter how big a company you are, cash flow is king, and if you can get it, get it. That's that's the bottom line. And and Kickstarter itself, as a platform, lets them do that. There's no rules against it, so they're gonna do it. We, you know, for example, on a game like on a game like Kodama, we we basically made with pre-orders, we made over a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, on a twenty on the twenty dollar game. Mm -hmm. So some people are like, "Wow, you guys made a ton." It's like, no. We, we actually put the money back into the product and then we print a ton of them so we can put them into retail so we can grow our company. And we, we Off of that Kickstarter, we made like maybe $1,500 after that $100,000, after we paid Daniel, after the fees, after manufacturing, after freight, after, you know, that's, don't yeah. hit any problems with customs or, or you know, like our, our, our uh, game, like for Scoundrel Society, they lost all of our promos. The, the freight company lost $1,000 worth of promo cards. We don't know, they don't know where they are. We don't know where they are. Um, you know, things go wrong. I think people have this idea, like, I made $100,000. No, you did not. As soon as that yeah. project funds, you stop being a game designer and you start being an entrepreneur and th you are responsible for, for, Executing that project competently, mm -hmm. and, and I don't think creators have that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sen, you said something earlier. You were asking me during the interview, um, what will cause small companies to go away? Yeah. Um, and really, what it is is it's this sort of little fracturing that's going on. How many, off the top of your head, how many little companies can you think of that have three or less employees? Tons. Tons. Them all. Pick a number. Oh, man. Um, in so let's can we at least put a boundary like in North America? Let's say there's a hundred of them, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. Don't. Wouldn't it be smarter if those hundred 
Because really, you just have a hundred people who think they have a better way of doing things than somebody else does, yeah. right? That's the only reason you become a game company, is because you think you're smarter than somebody else. Otherwise, you'd continue to design and sell your ideas to somebody else. Let them have the headache. Oh, or they want creative control. Right, or you want creative control or whatever. If those hundred companies got together and formed a sort of co-op, right, so that they could compete with, say, Asmodee North America, <laughs> right? Some juggernaut. Yeah, these these juggernauts. These little companies are, have no footprint anymore at Gen Con. Gen Con changed its policy on how you get a table at the show. So none of these little guys have a footprint anymore. Now they're going to have to buy space from Studio 2, who buys a 300-square-foot island at the show. Right. If these little companies co-op together and had all their import stuff coming in together at the same time, they start saving money together on shipping, right? They'd save money on customs. You have to buy an entire uh, container, whether you fill that container yeah, or not, yeah. when you buy from China. So why wouldn't you coordinate all of us at the same time? Let's say the four of us all had different game companies we own. We all know that on March 31st, we're going to be putting in our order to China through Wingo, and Wingo's going to make sure all that stuff gets shipped to the same central point through PSI or whomever. Look how much money we just saved by co-oping together. Yeah. Well, not necessarily the same company, but, but you could you could maintain a brand identity, but still work together. Right. I, I hear your idea, Kami, but why does that <laughs> why does that not happen? Obviously, not a red state. <laughs> uh, obviously, that's also not happening. There's not even one example. Um, well, no, I know companies that will share freight. Barely. Yeah. Like I I would like to see a lot more. You know, when we were at Origins last year. I thought we had saw a bubbling of a, a trend happening, and then it just totally fizzled out. I, I so, see. I, IDGN tries to do this for the role-playing community. I don't know why nobody does it. There's barely anyone game. in the board game industry that's doing a lot together. Well, yeah. I, I think, so all of the, like, the goodwill, no NDA, handshake, you know, you know, my word is strong of oak shit that guys like, Zev helped put into this industry is yeah. going to be destroyed in the next 10 years by morons that don't know what they're doing coming in and there's just going to be need for legal recourse and a bunch of like uh, litigious you know condoms slipped over everything so that you can protect yourself Ken Whitman. oh god if, so if you're a board gamer and not an RPG guy, you probably don't know exactly who Ken Whitman is. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, but in the he RPG is spoiled, world, he, he, is, yeah. he is a pariah. He is yeah. the plague. Do not touch anything that he's ever done, I, ever. I think, I think one of the reasons why we can't do it, and I'm not trying to ignore what you just said, Travis, because it was really smart, but one of the reasons... Uh, Daryl, we can't do it, and you won't see more of it. Is let's use um, let, let let's use Travis and I as an example right here. I don't know him very well. This is the first time we're meeting. He sounds competent, right? But at what point do I do I hook myself up with teaming up with companies yep. that that are all led by people that have no follow through? Not even whether or not they can be trusted. No follow through to hit dates that don't respond to emails. There's the classic story of Steve Jackson and White Wolf trying to coordinate on a project before. Go look it up on the internet. They were just trying to put out 
GURPS books with White Wolf material in them. And right. Steve had put a clause into the contract that pretty much would have put White Wolf out of business. That sounds he, like a Steve thing. Had he enforced that clause in that contract. And so that ground the whole thing to a halt. And who suffers? The fans who were promised all this great material. And if we could find a way to coordinate and co-op and be able to trust one another, just on the simple merit of not of work ethic. Yeah. Imagine there's no color. <laughs> I was going in the other it's direction with my cynicism. Try. <laughs> yeah, I like I like that you're pitching this with post-world games, but you yeah, know. exactly. So, so uh, what would let's it go take? back. Let's go back to what Travis was saying, though. Yeah. What do you think? Are we actually gonna get bogged down in legalese? Do you think? Do you think the, the... there's gonna be some sort of financial regulation on Kickstarter? It, it's it's like a friggin' tree that money grows on. I it, get it, the Kickstarter side, but what about just the the whole side of the nature of you know? I show you a friendly. game with a paperwork sign saying you won't rip this off. All that jazz. You think that's gonna change? I'm the one who posed it. What do you guys think? I, I hope I think... not. I actually see North American publishers more potentially guilty of this. When I talk to European ones, I don't see that ever coming. Like the handshakes, the 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 cooperation sounds so much more. They're, they're very old school. They're very well. You know, it's very European. It's like I've I've literally had I've had. Uh, prototypes that I've pitched to a publisher that they were interested, and then as they played it more, they were like, actually, I think this is a better fit for my competition. I'll mail it for you. Yeah. <laughs> Travis, <laughs> are you seriously? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I won't say who, so you guys know. So this yeah. person took our games at Gen Con. They wanted to basically publish in with their yep. company in Europe. Um, we've been waiting. We've turned. We've had to put bigger companies like Asmodee and yep. Yellow, who are interested in getting some licensing, language licensing rights to some of our games. I was told. I finally messaged. I was like, "Hey, it's been six weeks since we spoke to you. We keep, you know, we've sent you an email. No one's replying." He, this individual, apologized to me. Said they were very sorry. I said, "Look, you know, we we would like to work with you." I have a message for him saying, I promise you, this is so embarrassing. I will take care of this. You will receive an e my final answer by Monday. No email. No email. No email. You know what's no funny, though? This shows that you, show have not that been a not been a you have not been a designer for the year. What are you talking about? This is the life of a designer. What do you mean? I've been a designer for, like, three years. I know. I'm saying, like, you haven't had to come out this last year. Sure, I'm just saying that this is well. This is a licensing deal, not a. No, no, I know. I'm just saying, like waiting a long time. I'm just saying, like waiting a long time. Well, but my sure, but my point was that we have other people who are ready to sign on the dotted line, and I'm trying to go by my my word, and I'm not being rewarded for my word. So. Licensing contracts are a million times worse than. Why am I getting an echo? Getting That's an weird. Echo. Um, licensing contracts are a million times worse than trying to sell a game because there's so many people that have to look at it. And we we dealt with Jim Henson back in the past. I've heard stories about trying to deal with uh, George R. R. Martin. And these people hold everything back. It's uh, 
yeah, it's it's not easy. I mean, we've we've gone through like on Heroes Wanted, we went through like a prolonged six month process with Asmodee Germany, where where the deal just kept getting cut in half and half and half, and then the euro tanked, and then it was like we stood to make like three grand if nothing went wrong and we had to take all of the responsibility of printing it. And, you know, like some people are like, that's amazing. Yell, uh, or like Asmodee France wants to, to print your game. Yeah, they want to print a thousand copies. It's like I have to like beg my the printer to even do that in China in some instances. And if I do, I'm going to be paying an ass load. And yeah, you can do print runs, but what often happens is these foreign companies are contacting you after you're already in motion, so you can't just throw it on your order, you know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah, it's so, not just an add-on to a bigger point. Yeah, so it's uh, weird. Yeah, maybe it is Travis. Yeah, maybe it is Travis. I'm um, echoing? Well, well... I think it's you, Sam. I think it's you, Sam. No. I hear, I hear no. no echo at all. See, we don't hear Travis. See, we don't hear Travis. I wonder. I wonder. Hmm. Travis, turn off your mic. Travis, turn off your mic Okay, now let's talk. Oh yeah, it's totally it's Travis. Totally Travis. <laughs> Travis no anyway, it's not, not a big deal. I think it's the no headphones deal. Uh, but we should actually get going because it's about one o'clock. Uh, uh, I see it is you, Travis. I see it is you, Travis. Sorry, man. Uh, it's okay. We love you. It's okay. We love you. Um, Jim. Um, just before you go. Just before you go. You said you were going to call me out. What are you calling me out on? He needs filler time, which uh, I don't know how much filler time because he hasn't even told us how much filler time he needs. I think he's <laughs> trying to get his microphone ready. Oh, okay. To, to like, destroy me or something? I don't something. Know. I think he needs a special mic to call you out on. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be like a ladder match or something. I always feel like I always feel like he's standing up and over the camera because he's going to eat the camera or yell at it so much. So well, he does yell it at is. it, but I don't know if he's going to eat it. Um, so Jim, are you back? I see. Yeah, your he's there. definitely here. He's ready oh, for the. Okay. Oh, but we can't hear him. Hmm. Well. With with Travis's mic issues and oh there's Jim and his mic yep is your mic back on Jim I think we're we're running into some pretty major technical difficulties I think that's a sign that might be the sign guys so yeah yeah <laughs> oh there's Travis oh there's Travis uh, yeah, you, we, listen, we, we, you're, we, the, you're the ones that turned my mic off we do all stuff I'm just trying to sick. I'm trying to do the Skrillex version of the after show why can't this you guys is what it is all right, so we're going right, to so say goodnight, and, uh, and we'll, uh, be, back we'll be back in a week. Daryl, who Darryl, is on next week? That's a good That's question. A good question. Uh, I do not have uh, a window, window open window to let you know that, so you'll have to wait. You'll have to wait. Okay, you heard it here first. Wait. Okay, you heard it here first. Wait. <laughs> so funny hearing it twice. Wow. So funny hearing it twice. Excites. Sorry, guys. That's okay. Wrap okay. it up. Wrap it up. Thanks for having me on. All right, Travis. We'll see you later, buddy. Adios, amigos. Jim, we'll see you later too, bud. Yep. See you guys. Well, there's your mic. Jeez. What? 
Now it's working? Yeah, now it's working. Now it works fine. Maybe okay. it's Travis. Travis was cutting you off. Yeah, stupid Travis. I didn't. Well, what's your final rant? Oh, now the mic's gone. I think it's the rant. I think the rant's cutting you off. Yeah, the the rant that, that the internet couldn't handle. That's what this is. Awesome. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, All right. Can we hear you? Now we can hear you. Oh, he's gone. Oh, my goodness. What a mess. <laughs> that, was a, that was a hot mess. That was beautiful. What a way to get rid of two guests. All right. <laughs> on that note, thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Uh, we'll try to let you know who's on sometime this week or next yep. week. We'll see you guys later. Bye.